Welcome to our Daily Inspiration Podcast. As Inspire Church is walking through a 30-day rule of life, whether you are participating fully or just listening, we hope you are blessed. Inspire Church, this has been an incredible three weeks and we have a few more weeks to go. But today I want to talk to you about Sabbath rest. Uh, intentionally planning a 24-hour period of time in which you stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God. And that's kind of how author and pastor Peter Scazzaro describes Sabbath rest. If you're taking notes, he says it's about stopping work, enjoying rest, practicing delight, and contemplating God. So I want to dig a little deeper into each one of those characteristics. But before I do, I want to talk about fatigue. Are you tired? <laughs> you, you might have had a long week already. You might be driving home from work or you might be going to work and you might have woken up early among all the other unpaid work that you've had to accomplish. A fatigue is a real common thing. And in fact, there are different types of fatigues. In Richard Lotus's book, Deeply Formed Life, he identifies three different types of fatigues. And so which one are you feeling today, right now? Maybe you can just take inventory of the type of fatigues that you might be feeling. The first type of fatigue is fatigue of the body, right? And I think this might be one of the most common fatigues, but essentially what fatigue of the body is, is that you're just not getting enough sleep. You're pushing yourself. You're pushing your bodies to its limits. I have a bad back right? So there's even lower back fatigue, right? So if I were to go outside and start to do some work that um, causes me to bend over frequently, maybe it's pulling the weeds or lifting something and setting it down. Uh, you know, early on, I can do those things. But after a while, my back starts to experience fatigue. It can get sore, it can get achy, it can get uncomfortable. And for many of you listening who have back problems, you understand back fatigue. And, and really, this is, a, this is the part of our body, a fatigue of our body. It's when we push our bodies to the limits. Or in my case, uh, we don't stretch, right? Many of us need to stretch and be able to kind of create that flexibility um, so that our bodies can handle tension, right? Or Maybe you're like me and you just have a little extra in the belly area. And as a result, your back suffers. But nonetheless, we experience body fatigue, fatigue of the body. When we push our bodies to the limits and, you know, we begin to live off of coffee and, and Red Bull and steroid shots and you're reminded of athletes, football players who are playing injured, but, you know, they get that little injection and things are numbed and they're able to perform in spite of their body's breakdown, right? 
So we have fatigue of the body and really kind of the big thing I want to talk about is just the idea of getting rest. Like there's one way that your body can recuperate and recover. That's by simply going to sleep, um, taking care of your body, uh, stretching, exercising, uh, so on and so forth. And so that's, that's, that's really a, are you feeling tired in your body? Or how about this fatigue of the mind? Maybe, maybe your body feels great, but your mind is tired, right? You know, in any given day, we are bombarded with information nonstop. We're consumed with information. Uh, and some of us, we even have jobs where we're required to think a lot. I know for me as a pastor, especially during the weeks of sermon preparation, I feel like I'm writing entire essays like i feel like every week when i preach a sermon i am doing i'm writing small research papers and so i am not only reading the text but i'm looking at resources and really inundating my mind with information and at the end of the week i'm uh, my mind is tired i just i don't know if you've ever got to this place but you just don't want to think anymore you just want to escape um, and so when you talk about fatigue of the mind, any given day, we're bombarded with so much information that we have no time to absorb or process anything else. Have you ever gotten to that place where you're just done, right? You just kind of shut the books or you shut down the computer, or wherever the case may be. Maybe you're writing, you have writer's block, you're just done thinking. And so we have fatigue of the body. We have fatigue of the mind. We also have Zoom fatigue. I'm just kidding. But for those of us that were, all of us who are living in this pandemic world, uh, Zoom fatigue is definitely real. But we have fatigue of the mind, fatigue of the body, or how about this? Fatigue of the soul. Right? We have to realize that as human beings, we are composed of mind, body, and soul. And, 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 and soul gets neglected in the conversation. I think we, we talk a lot about the body and we talk a lot about the mind. But fatigue of the soul is interesting. Um, basically what fatigue of the soul is, and this is important, is when we become a people of very little margin to abide in the vine. It's when our lives are so hectic, so busy and so full that we no longer have any space to be with God. We don't have space to stop and pray. We don't have space to ponder and meditate on God's goodness. We don't have space to even open up our Bibles and read a chapter. We just don't have time. We don't have space. We don't have margin. And so fatigue of the soul occurs when we have little margin to be with God. And as a result, we fail to foster regular rhythms of abiding in the vine. Now, Sabbath rest is beautiful because Sabbath rest, rhythms of Sabbath, replenish and refresh the mind, the body, and the soul, right? In fact, Sabbath rest might be the one 
element that can cover all areas of fatigue. I mean, we're not talking about a nap, right? That, that might replenish your body, right? But your mind and your soul are still uh, unsettled, right? We're not talking about a, a vacation that happens once a year or, or a day off. That, that might replenish your body and it may shut down your mind momentarily, but only the rhythm of Sabbath rest has not only the physical and mental, but the spiritual power to not only provide rest for the work, but rest for the work under the work to refresh and replenish your mind, your body, and your soul. And so as you're thinking about this idea of fatigue, I wonder how you're feeling. Maybe you might be feeling fatigue in all three of those areas, maybe two of the three. Nonetheless, I want to encourage you to begin to intentionally think about entering into a regular lifestyle of Sabbath rest. So let's talk about those four principles. And let's talk about what it looks like to schedule a day that revolves around stopping work, enjoying rest, practicing delight, and contemplating God. What does that look like? Well, when you stop work, what you're essentially doing is saying, for a 24-hour period of time, I am going to intentionally stay away from both paid and unpaid work. I'm going to leave the stress of unfinished work behind, right? I'm not going to allow an, a list of undone chores to bombard my mind during my rest. I'm going to be intentional about creating boundaries, about creating limits, I'm going to embrace my limitations on the day of Sabbath. I am going to realize when I take my Sabbath, I am going to tell myself that God is in control, that I can take a day off and the world isn't going to collapse. My team at work isn't going to fail, uh, that I can rest and God can be in control. Because the truth is, your work is never going to be done. Can we just be honest? Right? You can wash dishes, but dishes will come back, right? <laughs> They'll get dirty again. More dishes are coming, right? You can send out emails, but more emails are coming. Right? There's a never-ending amount of emails. And so no matter how much you say, Man, I can get things done, the reality is you're never going to finish work. And that's a really important element when you embrace Sabbath rest, when you embrace stopping work. What you're saying is, I know that my work will never be finished, yet I'm not going to allow work to enslave me. Right? You can sweep the floors, but the floors are going to get dirty again. You can mow the lawn and, and, and pull the weeds, but the lawn and the weeds are going to grow back. 
And so resting is admitting that my work isn't finished and that is okay. Do not, I repeat, do not wait for your work to be done before you Sabbath. To stop work means to schedule the Sabbath ahead of time. Make that the thing that you put on the calendar first. You know, there is an illusion uh, that says um, tomorrow is going to be better. Like I have to work hard today so that I can get to my goals tomorrow, right? I'll rest tomorrow. But for now, I have to finish all the work. And that's an illusion because the work is never finished. In fact, what you're really saying is I will be a slave today so that I can be free tomorrow. Yet tomorrow never comes because it's always today, right? We're always in the present. And the reality is his work is never finished. And so if you wait for work to be finished to schedule a Sabbath, you're not going to schedule a Sabbath. So if you don't plan to stop, you won't stop. There's always something to do. So number one, stop work. Shut the email down. Put the computer away. If you have to even ask on that 24-hour period that nobody would discuss work with you, you want to make that just a little rule in your life, do whatever you can to implement strategies to keep your mind, your body, your soul, your heart away from work, paid and unpaid. That might mean you have to plan some things. You might have to pay bills and mow the lawn and clean the house on another day just so that you can stop working on your Sabbath day. But again, if you don't plan this, it's not happening. Number two, stop work and enjoy rest. There is joy in resting, right? There is, there is just a, a deep sense of peace in being able to shut down and to abide, right? To live, to dwell in this 24-hour period where you are not anxious or worried about all the things that are still left to be done. Enjoy it. Enjoy rest. And that's difficult, especially for those of us that are rule followers, legalists. Uh, we've been taught that work is somehow this moral virtue, right? To be a hard worker is virtuous, and to some degree, that is true. It's great. It's a great thing to be known as a hard worker. But if your identity is hard worker to the point where you can't enjoy rest, but you feel guilty about resting, then work has really become a master in your life. And so you don't just stop work, but you enjoy rest. I know there's a lot of people that say, you know, okay, if I stop work, then I'm going to feel guilty about stopping. But Sabbath is a call from God to stop work and not to feel guilty about it. Enjoy it. Number three, I'm going to spend the majority of my time here. Practice delight. What does that mean? That means not only am I going to turn things off, I'm going to stop things, but I'm going to start things, right? And, and a lot of times we get really caught up on the thou shall nots, right? I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this, right? Well, what we're saying is get rid of the I have tos and the I ought tos 
and replace those with the I want to's, right? And so your Sabbath day is a day to practice delight. It is, is it a day, it's a day to stop things, but it's a day to start things, right? Think of it as a celebration, delight in the good gifts that God has given you. How do we do this? I, I want you to maybe try this out today, maybe tonight in your prayer time. Would you make a list of what brings you delight? This is much easier said than done, but I want you to ask yourself tonight as you're praying and thinking about the Sabbath, God, what brings me joy? What brings me joy? Or, or, or my favorite, who, who brings me joy? What, what gives me the most life? Take a moment to think about the places that you love to go to. Me and my wife, we love to drive down to Half Moon Bay. We always get some clam chowder and some fish and chips, and we walk along the beach together. It is a place that we enjoy, right? Who are the people, right? Who, who are the, your, your close community of friends that you just, that just bring you so much joy? I'm not, I'm not talking about maybe some of the people in your life that suck the life out of you, right? But I'm talking about the people that you can just be around and be you, right? I mean, your really good and true friends are those that you can like go over their house and hang out and you don't even have to say a word and you don't feel guilty about it, right? Like you don't have to perform with them. You can sit in a circle with them and laugh, cry, or not even say a word and feel comfortable and confident. Ask yourself, what brings me joy? Think about those places. Think about those people. How about those activities? What are some activities that you like to do? Right? For some of you, this is going to be a really sad experiment because it's going to be so hard for you to even write these things down, but I think it's so good for your soul. I'll give you an example. Uh, as I was thinking about Sabbath this year for myself, I began to write down some activities, some places and people that I enjoy to be with. One of the activities I wrote down is sports. You know, I'm 40 years old. And I already told you, I, I, have, a, I have a bit of a belly. I'm, I'm definitely um, out of shape. But sports brings me joy. Like, I love to play. Like, I miss going out and and playing ball. I, I love the exercise it provides for my body. I, I love that it opens up my lungs. I, I, but I love the competition. I love the rivalry. I even like to talk a little trash, a little sanctified trash, if that's even possible. And, and um, I love the challenge of sports. Uh, it pushes yourself. Uh, um, and, and I love the community that being on a team brings. And I, I miss it. I miss it. And as I was thinking about Sabbath and I was thinking about being 40, I was thinking, you know what? I want to, I want to enjoy that again. I want to delight in that again. And, and so I began to ask myself, I know we're in a, we're still in a pandemic, but what does it look like for me to maybe pick up softball again, you know, go out and enjoy the game of softball, getting outside and, and catching and running and hitting a ball and just competing. What does it look like to play basketball again? I have a couple of good friends of mine that are playing on Monday nights. And I'm like, yes, I want to, I want to do that. I want to, I want that to be a rhythm in my life because I enjoy it. And I don't want to feel guilty about it because it brings me joy. And so 
I'm also a foodie. Are there any foodies out there? It's food brings me joy and not in an idolatrous way, maybe sometimes, but Sabbath is a special day, right? It's like a holiday where, where I, I can maybe try a new restaurant, experiment with new foods. Um, one of the things that I'm, I'm experimenting with on Saturday, uh, on my Sabbath is Maybe that's a day where my wife and I go to lunch together and we enjoy each other's presence and we enjoy food. Um, and so, you know, Sabbath is about making a list of what you enjoy. So, so what are some of the things you like? Maybe, maybe it's the arts for you. Maybe you like a good museum. Maybe it's a picnic. Maybe uh, you're a music lover. Um, and so I, what I want you to know about the Sabbath is it, it's a time to stop work. It's a time to not feel guilty about that, enjoy rest. And it's a time to plan a day that you'll delight in. Plan a day that you'll delight in. What can I do that would bring me delight? Because it feels like play. <laughs> you know, there's a German theologian, Jürgen Moltmann. And he's developed this theology of play. And it really, it comes from wisdom in the book of Proverbs. And what, he's, what, what, what Jergen says, what Moltmann says, is that God was playing when he was creating, right? Like God didn't need to create, like he was perfectly fine without us. He, he enjoyed perfect community, perfect love, perfect joy, right? We didn't add to his life. He was already whole. He didn't need us, but yet he created and so Jürgen Moltmann suggests that God was playing in creation, and, and he talks about Proverbs 8, God's good will and pleasure was to create, right? It's the idea that God took joy and delight in playing, right? Job 38, referring uh, to creation, says the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy as God was playing and creating, right? So there's a lot of joy and delight that's revolved around the creation, right? The, and if you look at the world around us, you know, uh, Maltman will say, you know, look at the different species of animals. You just look at how some of them are created. It kind of makes you laugh, right? God has a sense of humor. Uh, think about all the different species of fish that we have even yet to discover deep in the ocean, the brilliant colors, uh, uh, the beautiful rolling hills, the change of seasons, right? All of it can be observed, discovered, and enjoyed. Maltman calls it tapping into the joy of God, right? Interacting with creation. When you get on a jet ski and you begin to play in the water, right? You are interacting with God's creation in delight and in joy. I know there's probably a few people out there like, this doesn't sound very holy, right? Like we should be praying and fasting and suffering. And, and I get that. And there is, there is room for that, uh, in our formation, but the Sabbath is meant to be celebrated. It's meant to be enjoyed. It's meant to delight in God's good gifts for us. So we have stop work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and finally contemplate God. And I think this is the foundational principle by which all of these other elements spring from.
right? It's a day of contemplating God, right? Throughout your Sabbath day, you will play, you will, uh, you will eat, you will celebrate, but in everything that you do, you will contemplate the goodness and faithfulness of God. You will remain throughout the day present and aware of God's love. You'll ponder it. You'll think about it. You'll go on a hike. You'll go to a museum. You'll engage in the arts. You'll play a sport. But while you're doing it, you'll be thanking the Lord, pondering on his goodness. What a beautiful thing. One quote that I heard it, uh, was, Sabbath is an invita invitation to see the invisible in the visible. Isn't that beautiful? Sabbath is an invitation to see the invisible in the visible, right? This is, uh, you know, a biblical principle. You see it in Romans. You see it in the Psalms, right? The heavens and earth declare the glory of God. Right, Psalm, uh, Romans chapter one, the apostle Paul says that the invisible attributes of God have been made clear and can be clearly seen in the things that were made. And so when we observe the sun, we observe the stars, when we observe the moon, one of the favorite things that I love to do in the summer is I go camping with my family. Some of you might be loving camping there are others are like i'll never go out camping but you just miss so much you're in creation and and you you set up a tent and and you smell the fire burning and you look into the star the sky at night and the stars are many and bright and you look at these huge trees and you just ponder the wonder of creation you get out of the city you get out of this world that's full of technological advances, and those are all wonderful, but you just go to a place where you begin to see God's natural creation, and that's what Paul is saying, and that's what David is saying in the Psalms, is that the heaven and the earth, nature declares the glory of God. I had a really good friend of mine, Pastor Vincent Ochoa who used to journal and he would go on these walks and I would admire Pastor Vincent because he would be able to sit down and he would see a banana slug or an ant, right? He would see something and he would begin to write on how that banana slug, so yellow and so slimy. And for some of you right now, you're probably like, that's disgusting. But he would be able to see the beauty of God, the wisdom of God. He would write about the ant that would be able to carry. I don't even know what, what the statistic is, how many times that its weight could carry. But just the, the beauty, the majesty of God creating this small thing that is so strong and so powerful. And so essentially... That quote, Sabbath is an invitation to see the invisible and the visible. You want to live that out on your Sabbath as you're planning your Sabbath, as you're enjoying food, enjoying family, enjoying community, enjoying conversation, enjoying the jet skis. Throughout all, you want to ponder and contemplate and you want to see God in it all. And you want to thank him. You want to thank him. You want to thank him. Another wonderful quote with the contemplation of God in Sabbath is on Sabbath, we intentionally look for God's grandeur in everything from people to food, from art to babies, from sports to museums, hobbies, and music. It's an invitation 
to contemplate God and see his glory in everything that you do. You know, work can be so consuming, right? Our attention, our affections, our energy, our power is all moved in this tunnel-like way towards our work, right? I, I just imagine somebody whose head is buried in their computer, right? Or, or I can imagine somebody who, who, who is just talking on their phone, right? Nonstop texting, talking, emailing, Zooming, or walking back and forth, lifting, working, focusing, right? Work takes up all of our facilities, all of our faculties. And so on the day that we stop work, our faculties, our energies, our power, all of our focus now is no longer buried in a computer, no longer on the phone, sending text messages and emails, but now our attention and our affections are on God's goodness in the things that he has made. And so sometimes in order for you to delight in the things that he has made, you have to put away distractions, right? You have to create boundaries and limits, and this is where the thou shall nots come in. You know, I want to encourage you as you're preparing to uh, um, experiment with the Sabbath, will you maybe create two lists? One list is a list of thou shalls. And one list is a list of thou shall nots, right? A list of do's and don'ts. And on the do's side, put one column. This is what I will do. And write the word delight, write the word celebrate, write the word holiday, write the word joy. And then underneath that, just begin to list all of those things that bring you delight, joy, that bring you holiday, right? That bring you celebration. Write down the people you love to hang out with, the food that you love to eat, right? Write down the sports you love to play, the museums you love to visit. Make a list of thou shouts. And then... Yes, make a list of thou shall nots. Make a list of all the things that you don't do on that day. Make a list of all the worries, right? Worry, anxiety, work, right? To-dos, ought-tos, have-tos, right? Write that down in another column and then begin to list all those things. What does it look like? Maybe it's emails. Maybe it's paperwork. Maybe it's laundry. <laughs> Maybe it's housework. Maybe it's yard work. Maybe it's administrative work like paying the bills. Maybe it's shopping. But I want to encourage you as you pray about entering into rhythms of Sabbath, make a list. Make a list. Thou shalt and thou shalt not. And make sure on the thou shalt side, it's those things that you delight in. And make sure on the thou shalt not side, it's those things that maybe take away your delight. Those things that have more to do with work than they do with play. Even write the word work on one side and play on the other. It's okay. Enjoy it. You don't have to be guilty. I want to finish uh, today's podcast with encouraging you. Um, with the spirit of Sabbath. Um, it's found in Hebrews chapter four. Um, and I can read verse eight. It says, for if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. 
So then, this is verse 9, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Verse 11, let us therefore strive to enter that rest. That's fascinating, right? Let us strive, right? Strive sounds like a work to enter into rest, right? And, and there are a lot of deeper theological trans, uh, translations for this, but I just want to give a very pragmatic thing. Let us strive to enter rest. That's what this podcast is all about, is that you're going to have to do some work. You're going to have to be intentional, strategic. You're going to have to plan and calendar. So strive, but at the end of the day, strive so that you can enter rest. And so here is my prayer for all of us who are listening, that you would begin to experiment with the Sabbath and that there would be some work that you would put into it, that you would plan it out. And you would fill that day with your thou shalt. And that you would restrict that day with your thou shalt nots. And then once you've strived, <laughs> once you have planned, calendared, and made your Sabbaths more intentional, rest, rest in it. Enjoy it when it comes. And don't feel guilty about it. God is a good God. I love you all. I pray that these rhythms of life, I pray that there would be a revival of spiritual disciplines that inspire church. And I pray that this idea of Sabbath rest would not be something that we just think is Old Testament Bible stuff, but it's something that the Lord invites us to right now. As the author of the book of Hebrews says, there remains a Sabbath rest for God's people. And we know that Christ has ultimately purchased our rest on that cross. But in the meantime, while we're waiting for that in eternity, we can begin to practice that now in our present reality. I love you guys. God bless you guys. Enjoy your Sabbath rest. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope you are inspired as we journey together to reorient our lives in life-giving practices as demonstrated in God's word. 